tuning in to the 131st episode of Barbershop Sports Talk with me, your host, Daryl D. Lane. As always, whether you're listening via Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Google Music, I want to thank you for making me and this show part of your day. Got a great show for you today. Going to have Silas Garrison on. Going to talk to Silas about the NBA All-Star Weekend. Also going to talk a little bit about how maybe we can improve the Pro Bowl for the NFL. Then the second half of my interview with Silas, we're going to talk about the Miles Garrett versus Mason Rudolph incident. Miles Garrett is doubling down, saying that Mason Rudolph said the N-word. I want to get Silas' perspective on that. I believe he's like a civil, he was a civil rights major in college on civil rights and like social justice. So Silas kind of knows all about that stuff. And he always gives very interesting perspectives on this. I think that'll be interesting. Uh, listen. Now, here's where I want to start. And we're going to start with uh, Mason Rudolph and Miles Garrett. I don't know what was said on the field that night, that Thursday night, Pittsburgh Steelers versus Cleveland Browns, divisional game. I don't know what was said. But here's what I am going to say. While we don't know what was said, I don't know and you don't know. We know what hasn't been said. Have you heard any reports? Teammate says, Mason Rudolph says the N-word. Teammate says, Mason Rudolph is racist. Teammate says, I wouldn't be surprised if Mason Rudolph said something like that. Now you could be, oh, maybe maybe everybody's just, per, you know, everybody, you could all say, you could make up a different number of rationales. You could say, nobody heard it. Well, there's mics. There's mics. And I, and I, I find it hard to believe the NFL doesn't have the audio. And then I'm going to make my next point. If Mason Rudolph really called Miles Garrett the N-word, ending in a hard E-R, it's been months since that incident. Don't you think we would know about it by now? We live in a society. There's so much media, so much content. Podcasts, radio shows, television shows, reporters, people trying to break stories and talk about athletes. You know what's in high demand? Reporting stories first, getting to the story first. I'm telling you as somebody that, I don't know if I consider myself necessarily in the media, I'm not a reporter, but it's highly competitive. You want to know why when the Kobe incident happened and people were reporting, when Kobe Bryant tragically passed about a month ago and people were reporting Rick Fox was on the plane, people were reporting that not only Gianna was on the plane, but the whole family, his whole family was on the plane. Because people rush to report stuff so they can get their name out there first. So they can get their stuff out there first. So they can get their report out there first. It's a race to be first. That's why in the NBA, when it comes to NBA reporting, Adrian Wojnarowski is the guy. That's why in the NFL, when it comes to reporting, Adam Schefter's the guy. And they both make a hell of a lot of money for sending tweets and saying breaking news. Because it's in high demand. We live in a world where every time there's a report, what do you always hear? Anonymous sources. This person in the organization said this. This person in the organization said that. For God's sake, TMZ's been breaking news for years now. TMZ found out Kobe died before his wife and children. Think about that. Information is out there to be had. People talk. People, people yap. People, people chat it up. Trust me, people have no problem talking. And people have no problem talking, especially if they don't like you. 
Why would a black player on the Pittsburgh Steelers team not come to a reporter and say, yeah, I can see Mason Rudolph saying that, if they did not think he was capable of doing that? Players talk all the time. People are Players are used as sources all the time. Coaches are used as sources all the time. And you don't have to put your name on it. Nobody knows it was you. Somebody in that Steelers locker room could have easily have come out. An anonymous source. Adam Schefter reports. Mason Rudolph said it. And that would change the whole narrative, the whole story, the whole perception. Anonymous Browns player, a source could have said, yeah, I, I heard Mason say that to Miles. That's how easy it is. And you want to know why nobody said that? Because nobody heard it. That's the simple fact of the matter. Nobody heard it. So if you're going to tell me that everybody just wants to protect Mason Rudolph, why? Well, let's protect Mason Rudolph. Give me a rationale why anybody would want to protect Mason Rudolph. He's a trash NFL quarterback. He's not very good. Nobody cares about Mason Rudolph. There's little time and patience for that type of crap, especially when you're not good. He'd be out the league in a minute. Why, you think anybody would care? It'd simply be racist NFL player, probably not in the league anymore because teams don't want him, and we'd forget about it. Kind of how people have forgotten about Colin Kaepernick, albeit for different reasons. What are we doing here? How can anybody say that Mason Rudolph said that word and that, how can anybody say that Miles Garrett isn't lying? Somebody would have heard it. Somebody would have reported it. Refs, players, coaches, somebody will report it. And I'll tell you this. I've lived 21 years in my life, right? I'm an African-American, right? Uh, my whole life I've grown up in being in majority white situations. Now, I, I will tell you, there's only one time in my, and I'm going to use myself as an example. There's only one time I've ever heard a white person use the hard ER when referring to me. I'll, I'll never forget it. I was walking with my friend Taekwon, who's come on the show a couple of times. We were walking, senior year of high school. Somebody drove his car past us and said, F-U-N's, right? And nobody's ever said it to my face. If Mason Rudolph was that type of guy that he called Miles Garrett an end to his face, you don't think that players in the Pittsburgh Steelers organization, coaches, executives, they wouldn't kind of be like, oh, I could see him saying something like that. When you're around somebody 24-7, you get a beat, you get a rhythm for who they are. There's a lot of people I know. If you told me, hey, Daryl, this guy, he stole something. I'd be like, I could see it. Hey, Daryl, this guy, he said a slur. I could believe it. Hey, Daryl, this guy, he beat up somebody. I'd be like, nah, he's not like that. He's not like that. He's always at church. He's never done a drug or drunk alcohol in his life. He prays every day, three times a day. He's not like that. You get a cadence and a beat and a rhythm for who people are when you're around them. You do. And Mike Tomlin, who's an African-American coach, one of the few African-American coaches in the league, you think he would have stuck his butt out there when he didn't have to on ESPN talking to Stephen A. Smith and Max Kellerman Sticking out his neck, his butt for Mason Rudolph as a black man? If he thought Mason Rudolph was like that, hell no, he wouldn't do that. 
This is wrong on a lot of levels and it's disturbing. And you know what? There's also a couple situations. I'll say this. It's possible Miles Garrett thought he heard something that he did not hear. You can make that argument. And maybe, just maybe, on the slimmest of chances, Mason Roth did say it and nobody heard it. But that is so unlikely. That is so unlikely. That is so unlikely. Miles Garrett, it looks like he's lying. And I would just say this. Don't give a rationale for why you tried to kill a man on national TV and possibly knock him dead or unconscious on the field. Because whether he used that word or not, and I'll just say this, that doesn't give you that excuse to try to kill somebody. You could go to jail or get sued. Right now, Miles Garrett looks immature. And Mason Rudolph doesn't look the best either. Mason Rudolph seems very petulant as well. And maybe this needs to go to court and they can put people on the witness stand or whatever and we can find out who really said what. Maybe that's what needs to happen. Maybe that's what needs to be done. Now, coming up next, after the break on Barbershop Sports Talk, we're going to have Silas Garrison on the show. Coming up next, after the break on Barbershop Sports Talk. Barbershop Sports Talk. What's up, Silas? Okay. NBA All-Star Weekend. Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Really, it was really interesting. I, I want to start with this. The dunk contest. Derrick Jones Jr. versus Aaron Gordon. Silas, it was a great, it was spectacular. But Aaron Gordon doesn't win. He jumps over Taco Fall, a seven foot six man. Explain, Silas. Okay, so I was listening. Actually, it's funny that you talked about this because um, I was listening to Dwayne Wade a couple of uh, a couple of hours ago when I was at the gym, and he was saying how like everybody like is saying like it's his fault because like he gave him like another night or whatever, and. His point was like the reason why I gave him the night is like maybe it would have been different if like he had cleared him. I thought that was interesting because I forgot the white boy's name. He plays with Giannis. He jumped over Giannis and hit the back of his head completely, and you guys gave it a ten. Aaron Gordon adds six inches, probably seven inches to that, and hits his head, and you give it a forty-seven. See, I don't. What what irks me is that the lack of consistency was obviously visible. Your lack of consistency shines through, and that's the reason why I got upset. That right there, I don't care. I, for example, if we're saying if we're taking it away because he hit the back of his head, then fine. I got no problems with that. But then you shouldn't have given this kid over here a fifty. And. For, and for you to make a mistake like that in the finals, I, I think that's unexcusable, especially Dwayne Wade 
common, all of you guys being from Chicago. Like, you guys are from Chicago, and you let such an atrocity happen like that in Chicago. I think that's disrespectful. I was not happy with it. And then what I really didn't like is the people in my comments saying, do you believe Aaron Gordon isn't going to do the contest again? Well, why would I? I should have two trophies sitting right here. And I've been robbed on numerous occasions. So clearly, he's doing the same thing again and again and expecting different results. I don't blame him. I understand why he's upset. Okay. I don't really think you can make an argument as to how he didn't get robbed. Honestly, Silas, I thought what happened at the... I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. And it's important to remember, let's just be very clear about the other argument as pertains to Jones. I'm sorry, Quinn. You know, I promise I'm going to be done after this. The man did the same dunk three times. <laughs> and then when he tried to switch the dunk, as he did, he tried to do the Michael Jordan in Chicago. He tried to jump from the three-point line, or tried to jump from the free-throw line, and then stepped one step in front of it, and then ended up doing it. Now, let me be clear. The only reason why it's so memorable and magical is because she was literally behind the free throw line and jumped. You jumped when you were in front of the free throw line and you got a 10. If Michael had jumped in front of the free throw line, it probably would have been like a 46. So, again, the consistency is not there whatsoever. It's funny that the first time, and think about this, Jones did the same dunk three times, and then the one time that he tried to change it, it was his worst. It was his worst one. It was his worst dunk. It was his worst score dunk. I think that says everything. But then, isn't it funny that the first time that Aaron Gordon tries to jump over somebody, like over over somebody, like important, he doesn't take on some small guy to then have him like go and do some trick shot. No, 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 no. I'm gonna go over the tallest person in the NBA. And then that's when he gets his lowest score. Imagine that. Imagine that as a human being. You've got 50 the whole the whole match. And then when I jump over taco ball, now I get a 47. It's disrespectful. Silas, I want to know about this. Here's my idea. How would you feel if we forced people to enter the dunk contest? In terms of how players have to do media obligations, right? Like, they're obligated to their contract to talk about the media obligations. Would you be okay if, for example, there was a clause in the contract where every player, the NBA selects a pool of players that they decide have to play, have to do the slam dunk, and they have to do it? How would you feel about that? You know, I, I wouldn't do that at all because there are a lot of people. First of all, um, it's important to remember that All-Star Weekend has always been optional. And then what you would get into is then, like, for example, Damian Lillard didn't want to play in the All-Star game. Now you're going to force Damian Lillard to play in the All-Star game, too. You know, and there are people who would feel jaded and indignant. You know, look, you guys want me to do a three-point contest, but I feel like I should be shooting threes in the All-Star game. You know, so I, I don't think you, I don't think you can I don't think you can move in that direction. Besides, did you get to see Dame rap? I did. He actually put on a really good show, and he brought out Lil Wayne, brought out uh, Jer uh, Jeremiah. And uh, getting money new to me, that's that's one of my favorite songs actually. So I was really excited about that. Still would have liked to see him in the three point contest and in, in the All Star game, but I'm I'm not too mad. I mean he's having a heck of a season. So. Can Dame rap better than Shaq? Yes, hands down. Really? I don't think that's close. We laugh at Shaq when he raps. Damian Lillard, 
can literally go on tour with somebody and have a pretty successful career as a rap artist. Are oh, you not giving the Big Diesel any credit, Cy? No, not at all. That's awful, Silas. No, he's not a true rapper. Stop. Stop doing this. That's what people said about Kobe. He wasn't. Kobe wasn't a true rapper. Nobody believed that Kobe was a true rapper. Kobe, yeah. if you asked Kobe a few things, I'm sure he would look back at that like that. <laughs> That's funny. Now, Silas. The NBA All-Star Game, it was very competitive. And, and there was a lot of reasons. The Kobe passing, obviously. You want to play hard. That's what Kobe was all about. Uh, the fixed score, 157 points, wins. You have to play whoever gets 157 points. What do you think it was? Why do you think we saw so much energy and passion out of the players that you usually don't see from an NBA All-Star Game? And can that be replicated? Yeah, so I think a couple of things. Sure, I mean, you can't have a Kobe Bryant pass and then have the MVP award named after him and think that you're not going to go out there and compete, especially after the tribute, the dedication that went to it to him that same night. Um, it, it's just impossible. But I don't. I think it's actually deeper than that. What you have to pay attention to is the charity. They so they put charity and money on the line every single quarter, right? So every single quarter, they had something to play for. And it didn't matter how much you won that quarter by, just if you won that quarter, then that specific amount of money was going to go to the specific charity that either Yadis or LeBron had picked. So you always had a reason to play hard. Because it's not like you could just be like, no, man, I'm just going to wait until the fourth quarter. Well, number one, if you try and do that, then when we add up the total score, you might be too far to come back. That's one. And number two, in the interest of trying to keep, see, that's what I was scared of. I was scared that the game was going to get away from somebody. But they couldn't, they couldn't afford, quite literally, they could not afford to let somebody get out too far ahead. Because if they did, then they run the risk of not being there uh, in the fourth quarter. And number two, they were going to lose money for the kids in the process. And, and then it's important to remember this. You had kids from Team Yamas, you had kids from Team LeBron sitting there. And they're competing for money. Now, how are you going to be out here showboating and joking around when it's for money for causes like charity and the people who are derived from that charity are sitting right in front of you hoping for your success? It's very difficult to just play around and act like it doesn't matter in front of you. So I think there was just, I think it was more than Kobe. I think that there were so many dynamics that were happening at one time during All-Star Weekend that they had to play hard, primarily the fact of the matter that money was on the line every single quarter. I think previous All-Star Games when we did it for charity, there was nothing starting the game over. So it's like, man, I could play this whatever. But really, it's like, and tell me if you agree, I feel like every quarter kind of was being treated like a fourth quarter. I agree. Because, yeah, because like they realized that, yeah, I can win the second quarter, but this money, particularly for these kids, are gone if I don't win this quarter. So they constantly had to compete. And then, and then you think about it like this. Okay, boom. I lost this money in the first quarter. Am I really going to lose that same amount of money and have them double it on me in the second quarter? See what I'm saying? And that's why, you, I, that's why for a while you saw the game going back and forth by quarters. Now, so Silas, do you think that the NBA can replicate this though for next year and the year after that and the year after that for the All-Star game? Yeah, I, yeah, I, 
think this, you know, and here's, well, here's one of the things is like, I'm going to be upset if I see something that clearly worked this year and then we just don't go back to it. One of the weirdest things, I play, like you said, I played football in high school as well as college, and we, we played this team, Lancaster. And I'm telling the story primarily because, you know, like, it's, it's, a, it's a great story to tell in, in terms of, like, competitiveness, right? So imagine this. We're shutting out Lancaster, and Lancaster finally finds out our weakness. We have no edge attack whatsoever. So they did a sweep, and it went for, like, 85 yards. And the coach must have been like, oh, what a great touchdown. Let's never do that again. Because he never ran, to, never did a sweep once again. Like, ever. Just still tried to run it up. But the first time that you did a sweep, you scored a touchdown. And then you never went back to it. Well, that's just ridiculous. This is the first time in a long time where people are really excited about an All-Star game. And not only this All-Star game, but the future of All-Star games to come. And if you don't come back to this, this is going to be a sham. Because it's going to show me that you're just changing stuff just to change it, not for the actual success of the game. Because everybody, as a fan and as a consumer, people are really happy about this. Why would you not go back to it? It's literally ridiculous. That's one. Number two, obviously you have to, uh, you have to talk to the players who actually played in it. And I believe only the people who are all-stars deserve really a chance to have a conversation with them. Because they're the ones that played this style. They're the ones that played arguably, and it's pretty fair to say they're probably going to be the ones who are going to be back in this all-star game. That's number two. And then number three, and most importantly, I'm getting tired of just constantly seeing changes and changes and changes to the all-star game. I think you need to find something. That's what I said last year. You need to find something that works. You need to ride it and stick with it. Does this not work? Did we not just see something great? Were you not entertained in the words of LeBron James? You need to stick with something that works. I believe that this is the way in which you can work. Do you, and I want to say this. I, I saw things that shocked me for an All-Star game. Uh, Giannis, Giannis blocked LeBron's fadeaway. Like, you don't see that. You saw LeBron dribbling the ball at the court. Giannis getting in a low defensive stance like, come here, LeBron, come here. I want some. You saw people diving for loose balls. You saw Chris Paul yelling at people. Like, what was the most shocking thing for you when you saw it and you're like, damn, this is real out here. Yeah, there were a lot. First of all, uh, let me let me dis, let me disavow everybody's going crazy about. What didn't surprise me is Kawhi Leonard heating up from three. What like have we seen Kawhi Leonard's three point percentage? But dude can ball, especially from outside. So like that's one. I wasn't surprised by that. And he definitely deserved MVP. All right, that's one. Um, what's a no? A couple things that surprised me. So number one, LeBron James playing defense the way that he did. I think he played defense harder in the All-Star game than he has all year. Like, I'm not even kidding. He wasn't just switching down low. He was like saying, no, 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 no. This is my guy. I want him. And he I was, was checking him beat a couple times. This is like LeBron James. This is like sitting in the chair in like 2010, 2013 LeBron James. I was kind of, I was kind of scared for a little bit. I thought <laughs> we were having some flashbacks. It was like the whole time. Um, so that was one. Let, let me show um, these young bucks how to play. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, y'all got me messed up. You think you're going to put me in the switch? So I was like, oh, okay, Brad. Do you think? That was one. Um, another thing that surprised me from Brad, and I'm not going to say I'm Brad, but another thing that surprised me was, like, LeBron, like, pulling up from, like, 40. 
and like pretty much from what it, just to end the game and I'm thinking to myself like yeah like you typically take threes at like unwarranted times which pissed me off but this one was ridiculous like you pulled up from like 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 mid court like that was crazy um another thing that surprised me uh and, and, and this was one of the things that surprised me the most was CP3 being on the court in the final stages. But here's why it surprised me. Not because he didn't deserve to, but because they they wanted to win so bad, they didn't want to just give the fans what they wanted. The fans clearly want to see Luka Doncic. But they were saying, look, we're really coaching, we're really trying to win. Obviously, in terms of defense, you are a liability, Luka Doncic. You'll be back here, but right now we're trying to win the game. So we're going to put CP3, we're going to put the veteran. That's when I knew that they, that's when I knew Team LeBron was serious about winning. And that's when I said to myself, this is different, because I can't remember an all-star game where the starters didn't finish the game. So, like, that's when, like, they decided with their better judgment, you know, we're going to go with CP3. And, you know, it was just, and though it was such a subtle change, right, that one thing showed me everything that I need to know about this all-star game. And that how, not only how much it meant to everybody who were consumers, but how much it meant to the players as well. Do you and I do want to ask you this, Stylus. Giannis Antetokounmpo was awful at picking players, right? LeBron got all the good players. LeBron had bit. LeBron took Giannis to school. Uh, oh no, no, no. Well, well, yes. First of all, I did think LeBron had the better team. Um, but let's see here, Giannis. Exactly. Yeah, Joel Embiid. Yeah, Joel Embiid. Okay. LeBron, AD, LeBron, AD, James Harden. Man, Kawhi Leonard, Kawhi Leonard. I don't, you're putting me on the spot. I don't know. Who Luka Doncic? <laughs> That's their starting five. The, 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 Lakers, the Lakers starting five was Kimball Walker, Pascal Siakam, Giannis, and Joel Embiid. All right, America, I can't win this argument. Yes, LeBron's, LeBron's pretty good at picking teams. <laughs> he is, that's why. Right. three years in a row where he won. Yeah, I can't remember where I take it out. Although I wasn't really arguing it, but, I, but he got that. Isn't this LeBron's third year winning? Is it? I don't know for sure. Uh, well, the first year, it was him and Steph Curry that picked teams. And then the past two years, it was Giannis and LeBron, right? LeBron won last year. LeBron won this year, and LeBron won MVP the first year that they did the picking. So, yeah, it's three years in a row, which, of course, this isn't going to go towards his legacy just because LeBron James people love to be haters, but, you know, I understand the time. Do you like the fact that they named the uh, NBA All-Star MVP award trophy after Kobe Bryant? Yes, and I think even more needs to be done. Um, I love it. It needs to stay, the Kobe Bryant MVP. But I think something more needs to happen. Now, Silas, I, I do want to ask you this. Uh, do you think, is there anything that the NFL can take in terms of how the NBA did their All-Star weekend? Because I feel like the NFL's missing out on something. If they had a fixed total score, let's say in the fourth quarter, could that make the NFL Pro Bowl more competitive? No, it will never be competitive because there's too much money being tossed around for a meaningless game of football where the players are as big as NFL players are. That can never change. 
they're, just, they're too big, too strong, too much money, too much liability. It's really that simple. There's nothing that can be done there. Not even for charity. Huh? Not even for charity. Not even for charity. You think they can? No. You think the NBA? You think the NFL really cares that much about charity to the <laughs> point where they're willing to compromise their own dollars? The NFL, first of all, is the biggest is the biggest bunch of hypocrites I've ever met. And and, and and not only that, but they're disingenuous with their with their money and how they spend it too. So, and I have just over a million ways in which I can prove that. There's there's so many ways in which I can prove that from the time of my adolescence that to do that will quite literally take its own special podcast, which we don't have enough time to do at this current time. So, no, like I said, there's just too much liability, uh, too too much on the line, too much at stake for players that. And here's what you have to realize, too. These players aren't just regular players. These players that are going to Hawaii and playing are like franchise players for their team. So you think that we're saying, like, oh, man, we want them to play hard. You probably got their coaches, like, don't be an idiot. You know what I'm saying? We still need you here in, 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 in June when it's, time, when it's time for camp. So I just, I'm being honest. And let's, you know what they could do? You know what they could do? You know how they have all those games for the, uh, for a Pro Bowl weekend, like all the mini games before the actual game. Yes. They should just end it with a flag football game. And I know everybody's been joking around about that. I'm being serious. And make that for charity. I'm sure I'm sure you would get a lot more uh people really working hard. There'd be no there'd be no pass rush, it'd just be seven on seven. Exactly. Which is all anybody cares about anyway. And and here I don't believe offensive linemen and defensive linemen are going to be that mad that they can't play. Well, how do you figure that, Silas? Well, it's really easy. If y'all wanted to play that bad, then y'all would be banging in, in the beginning, so we didn't need the seven on seven. <laughs> okay, that th- th- that's that's Am true. Am I wrong? Like, why do, why do we need the seven on seven in the first place? Because y'all don't want to hit. So now we just take you off the field. You're like, man, that's bogus. Okay, well then let's have a conversation about why we're about why we're playing flag football anyway. Because y'all said y'all didn't want to play. Your actions prove that you don't want to play. So now we just make it seven on seven where we can just fling the ball around. And now you're upset. Nah, we're we're just giving you what you wanted. <laughs> but quite literally, your lack of effort was taking up space. Okay, size. How about this? What happens if they have a twenty million dollar pot to play tackle football? Winner gets twenty million. Winner gets twenty million. Yeah, I, I'll tell you this: Winner gets twenty million dollars each, and then I think they'll play hard. <laughs> That's not happening. Okay. What about if everybody gets a million each? Huh? What about if everybody gets a million each? Uh, you can do. Uh, I think that can make everybody work hard. The winners of every team, if you win, everybody gets a million dollars. Yeah. Yeah, they'll play hard. The NFL could afford to do that. Right. The NFL could afford to do that. As a matter of fact, I think the whole NFL will play harder if they know that they can go to Hawaii and win a million dollars just if they win a game there. Oh, yeah. More people, and more people would go. More people would go. More people would want to go. Absolutely. Yep, I agree. And the NFL can yeah. afford that. The NFL can afford that, Silas. Can they? I don't know. Do you think they can? They can they afford it every year, though. Yes. They're a multi-billion dollar industry. Oh, you're right. That's like sneezing money. <laughs> you're right. I agree. 
I, I mean, how many people are on how many people are on the Pro Bowl roster? Like, like forty. Like, like it's it's chump change. It's a nickel to them. I guess this just comes down to like this is this is like I guess this is what we've been talking about, right? Like, just like through like the media, everybody knows that Stern does. Uh, who's the uh, who's the uh, who's the CEO for for the NBA? What's his name? The commissioner. Yeah, the commissioner. Adam Silver. Yeah, there we go. I was going to say David Stern. Uh, Adam Silver. He just does such a better job than uh, than Roger Goodell does at, at his job. Like I'm not being I'm not being facetious. Roger Goodell used to have a conversation and sit down with Adam Silver. Or you need to fire Roger Goodell and just make Adam Silver the NBA and NFL commissioner. And cut up next, after the break on Barbershop Sports Talk, me and Silas are going to discuss the Miles Garrett versus Mason Rudolph incident. Did Mason Rudolph really say the end? We're going to talk about that and everything that encounters and encompasses that whole conversation. Come next, after the break on Barbershop Sports Talk. Oh, we're back with Barbershop Sports Talk, and we have my brother, Silas Garrison, with us. How you doing, Silas? Good, good. Let's pod, let's pod. Okay, now, Silas, this is taking over, let's, let's start with this, the NFL. This this story has kind of taken over the NFL landscape, uh, right? So, a couple months ago, we have Miles Garrett versus Mason Rudolph, allegedly Mason Rudolph uh, said the N-word. That's what Miles Garrett said, you know, the swing of the helmet. We know that. Miles Garrett re- re- just recently got reinstated and has doubled down saying that Mason Rudolph did say the N-word. Now you have Mason Rudolph saying he's defaming my character and all this on Twitter. What is your whole opinion on all of this, Silas? Okay. So let me say this from the start. <clears throat> if, if Miles Garrett is telling the truth and Mason Rudolph did say the N-word, then I would be very dip- mad at Miles Garrett for not flipping the helmet the other way and busting his skull. If you're gonna if you're gonna hit somebody with a helmet because somebody called you the N word, you better make sure that he ends up on the ground. See, for me, for me, I'm not letting him up. You already know how I get down. So, um, if in fact Miles Garrett did say, if, if in fact Mason Rudolph, pardon, um, actually did utter that N word, especially when there's so many black people not only on Browns but also on the Steelers, actually. Just in the NFL in general, the majority of the people who play are African American. For you then to say such a racial slur on the grounds of an NFL ball field, I would be mad at Miles Garrett because he should have turned that helmet over the other way and made sure that he finished Mason Rudolph. And then that would have taught everybody not to mess with him or anybody else for that matter when it comes to that specific word. That's one. Now, number two, if there is a way to find out if Mason Rudolph is telling the truth and Miles Garrett is lying, you know, I know that they have uh, recorders um, and uh, microphones and, you know, ultrasounds on the field, which is why I'm surprised that nobody's just looked at that. But if we could find a way to prove that Miles Garrett is lying, Miles Garrett should never be allowed to play a down football in the NFL. So that's my take on both. I'm extremely hard on both because I feel like both are uh, terrible offenses. Um, 
I agree with Mason Rudolph. That would be a terrible assassination of character. However, in the heat of, of the moment, white people do not get it, the benefit of the doubt because many, not all, but many white people, when they get upset, especially with people who look like us, black folks particularly, they use racial slurs to get under our skin. And like I've been saying for, I don't know, about eight, maybe six years now, you don't get, I'm just going to be candid, you don't always get an Uncle Tom who's willing to turn the other cheek. Sometimes you're going to find a person like Miles Garrett who doesn't care anything at all about the rules and is willing to do whatever is necessary to make sure that that person never disrespects him as pertains to their confines of race ever again. So while I understand, and I have not taken a side, I'm not taking Miles Garrett's side, I'm telling you what I would do if I was Miles Garrett. If I was called the N-word, I would have flipped that helmet around. Busted his skull right there in front of everybody and then said, yes, I did it and I'm proud of it because he should have never called me this racial slur and tried to dehumanize not only my race, but my character and my person. However, if Mason Rudolph is telling the truth, and this is in fact an assassination of character, Miles Garrett, I don't care how much money you make, I don't care how good of a football player you are, you should never see a down in football again. Well, so here's what. I, well, there's a lot to unpack here. And uh, your major in college was a, uh, was it civil rights? Civil rights law. Yeah, it was community injustice and black studies. Okay, so so science, you kind of know about this type of realm, and that and that and that's part of the reason why you have a lot of good information. So here's first where I think we can go. I'll tell you my opinion, and I and I want to know how you feel about this. I'm under the impression, and I said this earlier in the show. I think Miles Garrett is lying, and, and here's why I will say that. Silas, we live in a world where people talk. People talk behind your back. Reports, how many times do we hear this anonymous report, this report, this gets, this was said, that was said. For God's sake, Silas, a couple of weeks ago, you know who, TMZ found out that Kobe died before his wife and children. That is the type of world we live in. Like, like. Silas, this type, so if that word was uttered, I, I cannot believe that we would not have known about it. But besides the mics and the cameras, you don't think a player would have been like, man, off the record to a reporter or say something? That's why Miles did it. That's why Miles did it. And I don't blame him. Nobody is saying that because nobody knows. And, and I'm like, ha. you know, it just, to me, it's impossible this day. So much media, so much news, so much social media. People. People fat people feed for stories like that, Silas. But like that oh, makes people feed for stories like this. Oh my God, we found out that happened, and nobody's saying anything. I I find it so hard to believe. Not unless you're gonna say this. You think people are trying to protect Mason Rudolph? I don't think that's true. Mason Rudolph's not good. He's not very good. I don't think anybody really cares that Mason Rudolph gets ostracized by black teammates because, quite frankly, he's not good enough to play the position. So that can't be the issue. It's not like it's t this is somebody in question like a Tom Brady or an Aaron Rodgers. This is a mediocre quarterback. Yeah, so I think that there's a lot to unpack here. I agree with you. So number one, I don't think you, I don't think we should pay attention to how good Mason Rudolph is. It's more about protecting the brand of the NFL, which is something that that always do. Well, no, safeguards their personal interests first, huh? Well, no, I, I was just saying in the respect of maybe you can make an argument. Everybody's saying it's Tom Brady, so we can't have this happen to Tom Brady. Well, no, Tom Brady called uh, called Aaron Reed the N-word with an A in, in, on, in public. And it was picked up in cameras. You can look it up, and everybody just bypasses it because, again, it's Tom Brady. So talk about that as an example. That's actually a great example because it did happen. 
everybody surpassed it. Um, and and if, if, if you don't think I'm, if, and if anybody out there thinks that I'm lying, when you hear this podcast, then tonight, all you have to do is uh, go to YouTube and then type in Aaron Reed, Tom Brady backstage, and they don't know exactly what I'm talking about. Um, so that's one. Uh, number two, uh, as it pertains to uh, Mason Rudolph, like I said, I don't believe it's uh, them trying to hide anything. Um, I think it's the fact of the matter that uh, the NFL will always safeguard the personal interest. I will say this, number two, uh, it's important to remember that um, that word is uttered by black folks a million thousand times on the field of play. So you hear that word, it's like, eh, not, not many people are trying to run to the mic stop. However, when you're already in a fight and somebody says that, yes, somebody's willing to bash your skull in. Um, it, see, for me, Daryl, it's tough because I don't want to make an argument on either side on this. Now, I, like I said, I'm a pan-Africanist black nationalist, uh, so I will always support the black agenda. Any white person calling me the N-word does not safeguard the black agenda. And so I believe and I respect anybody who then fights for the black agenda, as Miles Garrett did. However, however, it is disrespectful not only to the black agenda, but it's disrespectful to just, uh, the, it's really disrespectful to the game, period, to tell such a bold-faced lie if, in fact, you are lying. So, so I feel you and I respect your take, but for me, I just have to stay neutral because I, I, I'm extreme either, either way. Either I'm, I'm extremely right for Miles Garrett, and I'm saying that he's right, but I'm extremely right for uh, for for Mason Rudolph on calling Miles Garrett out. And also, uh, so and here's also thing, and also here's the thing I want to say. Uh, and, and you know, like and I'll just say this. I'll keep it on size. We're both African Americans. We both went to schools that were majority white. And I don't usually talk about this, uh-huh. but we've heard white people use the N word. Not not in the ER talking to us, and you know, but I've heard white people talk to each other and use it in the A form. Now, not to get too much into detail about that, but you, you, you can kind of tell if somebody came up to you and told you some kid from your high school, like, he, he said the N-word. You'd be like, yeah, that reads right. That reads right. That that reads right. Or if you said that person said the N-word, you'd be like, nah, he's, he's not like that. He doesn't talk like that. You, you kind of know when you're around somebody that much. His Pittsburgh Steelers teammates defended him. The, the, that, that's also the thing. Like, if they really, if they really knew that he would say something, and Mike Tomlin. Mike Tomlin would not come out if he didn't vouch for that man's character because he did not have to do that. Right. The, 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 that's the type of stuff where I'm like, and these are black players. Mike Pouncey was kicking somebody on the ground because they attacked him. If you thought that dude was like that, you wouldn't go to the defense of him like that. The, 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 that's also, and that's where I'm kind of like, because you know, you're around, when you're around somebody, you know what type of stuff they may or may not say. I would say this as well. The very night that that happened, and uh, when uh, I forgot who McCarthy, right? Isn't that the is, wasn't that the coach at the time for the Browns? McCarthy for the, who was the coach for, at that time for who for the Browns? Who was who was the coach? At oh, time? Freddie Kitchens. Freddie Kitchens. Oh, I don't know. Honestly. I think Mike McCarthy. Yeah. So Freddie Kitchens went in front of like a hundred microphones. And, and they asked uh, they asked him, what the heck was that? By the way, everything I'm saying, again, you can just look up on YouTube. Um, they were like, yo, what the heck was that from Miles Garrett? And Freddie Kitchen said, I'm just going to say this. 
Miles Garrett shared with me a story as to why he reacted like that, and we're just going to keep that between us. That's a quote from what uh, from what the uh, Browns head coach said. That's a quote from what he said. So clearly, this wasn't something that he had talked about with him right after he got suspended, and then he tried to appeal. No, he didn't even want to bring it up. And then once he got suspended, he was like, okay, fine. Y'all want to know the real reason why I said, why I acted like that? It was because of this. So like that, so again, again, I'm just, I'm just playing devil's advocate. That's their, that's his argument is that, no, I, I've held this consistent position. It would have been different if he's like, okay, here's my last attempt. He called me the N word, but Miles Garrett and his coach had a conversation about that N word that night. And Miles Garrett didn't want to say anything because he didn't, again, he didn't feel like it would be necessary, whatever it happened, what's done is done. We can move on from it. Now you got to spend it. Okay, now y'all want to know the real reason? You see what I'm saying? It's checkers, not checkers. It's chess, not checkers. Especially when you're dealing with a word like that. Now. I feel what you're saying. I'm just saying, I feel like, I got, I feel like if the cast 20 toe work, go either way. And, and that's true. And Silas, I will say this, uh, and maybe Max Kellerman pointed this out on first take. And I think this can happen. Sometimes, maybe he thought that he said it. And maybe that happened or maybe he didn't. You know what I mean? Maybe that happened. And both people believe they're right. Maybe that happened. I don't think it's likely, but possibly that happened. But where I will say where this is going is, if Miles Garrett is going to keep saying that Mason Rudolph said that, does Mason Rudolph not have to take legal action? Because they can just put this on the witness stand. We can find out who's really lying. That's a, that's a fact, too. And they don't really want to take it there. However, I don't think either of them are willing to take it there. If I could say this to Dale, if I may. Um, but let's, let's, for a second, just for a second, America, let's just leave the N-word out, right? And then let's just go back to the fight itself, right? So here's where I'm confused. Even, even if the N-word wasn't uttered, I'm st- just leave it at Mason and Miles. I'm still confused why Miles is the one that's in trouble and why Mason was the one who got a slap on the wrist. This is why I'm confused. Allow me to explain. So, Miles slams Mason to the ground. Hey, you didn't have to do that. However, it was completely legal because it was during, it was during play. All right, he gets slammed, whatever. And it was, it was, it was maybe like hit or miss that he actually hit the ground after the whistle. All right, Miles is on top of him trying to get up. Mason's pissed again, of course, because he's losing. He gets punched in the face, right? Mason punches Miles in the face. He initiated the fight. Miles then grabs him into the ground. Mason then gets up. And then, as Miles is being restrained, what does he do? He runs at him and tries to take him on. Now, I believe... In my opinion, from where I'm from, that if you feel so bold enough to fight somebody who looks like Miles Garrett, you deserve whatever you get. That's that's my street. That's where I'm coming from. Because you should know better. You should know better than to fight somebody who looks like Miles Garrett when you know that you can't handle. But anyway, you tried to be so humble. You tried to be so tough. You tried to be so bold. And then doing that, he's not uh, as a man. Imagine that you got wife and kids. This man took your helmet off your head. That's not enough for you, huh? Okay. Why did Miles even have the attempt, even have the ability to try and hit Mason? Because even with his helmet off, what did Mason do? Still tried to go after Miles Garrett. 
Now, there are only so many stupid things that you can do before somebody else acts unintelligent. So this is what I'm saying. Everybody was upset because Miles took it over the top. But no, the argument could be made that Mason took it way over the top before that. Because why are you fighting me in the first place? And that even when you lose the fight, you're still trying to attack me. You're initiating the fight. And here's what nobody understands. Yeah, Mason's mad, right? But it's a fight now. Miles is mad too. He won the fight. And you're still trying to fight him. So yes, he's going to take it to another level. You want him in the heat of battle, in the heat of a fight, just to act with his better judgment. No, because if people were acting with their better judgment, the fight would have never happened. So you can't just punish Miles more because he took it to a higher level because then I have to punish Mason the exact same way because it started because of you. Well, okay, so Sass, here's what I'll say. The, the first point, the biggest problem I have with Miles is Yes, he slammed him. It was within the rules. It was a little bit rough. But the biggest problem is it was beyond the balance of the game. The, the game was over. Like, the game is over. And that's really the tragic part about all this. That whole incident didn't need to happen. The game was over. The Browns the Browns had uh, cinched it. Uh, and, and, you know, maybe it was kind of like, you know, the Steelers have always been over the Browns for years. Maybe it's kind of like, we're here. We're coming. Uh, they're in a playoff hunt, right? They're trying to get back in there after they kind of had a disappointing first half of the season, and it's kind of like we're putting you in your place, take your heart down anyway, right? But he didn't need to do that, and there might have been some unwritten rules there, and also, Mason Rudolph got embarrassed on national TV Thursday Night Football. Let's just say that. He got embarrassed. Like, not everybody likes to get humiliated on TV in front of, you know, everybody's wife and kids, and Miles Garrett kind of slung him down, to, you know, kind of hurt his manner. Now, I think in that moment, that frustration would lead to the punch, uh, their altercation on the ground. Now, Miles Garrett took it off. And, and honestly, the thing I'll say about Mason Rudolph is you are right, Silas. I And I will say this. I do believe if you're I, – I do not condone the taking of the helmet. I think that was excessive because he could have killed him. But I, I'll, I'll say, you know, if you think you can fight, then fight <laughs> for the most part. I would say that in most – and I would say that in most instances. And you know what? Sometimes, Silas – I've gotten my butt whooped a couple of times, but sometimes you got to do that just to let people know they can't mess with you. Right. So sometimes you got to do that, and, and, and I respect that, even though Mason Rudolph might have known it was a losing fight because Miles Garrett is 10 times stronger and uh, twice his size. <laughs> but right. I, I, I just think that is a situation that could have been avoided. And also, the game was chippy. They're division rivals. Did Miles Garrett, like, you know what I mean? Hmm. I, 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 I think... I feel like, I feel like, oh, okay, so I feel like Miles was absolutely wrong, like, in my opinion, if, like I said, if he came out and said, and, and, and you know, Mason did say the end word. Right, I, I got, I got all of the racial connotations that come with it. I'm just trying to separate that for a second. I don't understand why this man has to be suspended for six games. I think it's because you don't want people, you don't want that to be a president. You want it to dis... You want to dissuade people from ever doing that. You never want somebody to take their okay. helmet off. Right, 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 right. But then, but then, don't you have to punish Mason the exact same way because you started the fight? That that would have never happened if you would have just. Taken I, I I think the I think the issue is they don't care that Mason Rudolph. I you. That's, that's my point. I I, 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 I think, think the issue is the the worst case scenario of what Mason Rudolph did is not as bad. You can break that up. The worst case scenario of what Miles Garrett did is you strike somebody down on national TV 
and the NFL has some lawsuits and some issues on their hands. I, I think that's the issue. They did it to protect themselves. Now, should Mason Rudolph have been suspended? Uh, I, I think he could have deserved a game. I mean, he ended up getting benched anyway, I, I believe two weeks later, so he didn't even really play. But Just a game? Miles Garrett should have been suspended Miles more, Garrett in my opinion. Six Ask you this too, because you you were a very good high school football player too. I, I do want to go. Yeah, no, let, let, let's just go both ways. We can go talk this racially and just outside of it a little bit. But since you, you know you played college football, you know you played high school football at a very high level. Uh, have you ever been in a situation like that where where stuff like where it got chippy like that? What did you do? I actually had to be escorted by police off of the field. 
Absolutely. Um, so when I say I get where Miles Garrett is coming from, I completely understand. But I, for me, I would not be my grandmother's child if I made up a line like that. Um, and, you know, look, there just comes a time, I mean, racially, yes, but then also you just got to look at your manhood. You know, I will not be disrespected under by any grounds because I don't get disrespect. So, you know, from that standpoint, that's that's just what I did. I ended up getting suspended. I got suspended the game after that, um, and, and I was blessed to, uh, to come back from the playoffs. And I have to say, if that had happened again, I would do the exact same thing. You want to say what team it was, Silas? Say it again. What team was it? It was Alden. Bulldogs. <laughs> you know who it was? I mean, for the people who don't know, all you got to do is go to Alden, and you can understand completely as to why. <laughs> Silas. Wait, Silas. All you, have to do is, all you have to do is just drive down Broadway. You'll see what I'm talking about. Do you have any names, Silas? No, don't do that. Don't. No, do that. I, I, I will. Sh- I will share any names. I, I put them in the pronouns. You, you'll, you'll tell. Me, I, I'll. I'll ask you off the air, Silas. I'll ask. You. I, I know some yeah. people from. Well, I have some. It wasn't any of our friends from Alden, he was right? Good player, though. He was a good player. Oh. He, he, his, his name doesn't start with an L, but he was. Oh, okay. I was about to say. I was about to say. Yeah. <laughs> oh, now that was my guy. That was my guy. I don't think that. Yeah, I don't think that dude would let me have his way like that either. Right? Yeah. No. 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 He's a pretty big boy. Yeah. No. 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 no it wasn't him. Lyle does a lot he asked more. Me after the game, what happened though? Yeah. Actually, after the game, but like, what was that about? I, I to him. No, he does a lot more playing than talking. Uh, <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. And I want to thank Silas Garrison for coming on the show. Now coming up next, as the Silas, I want to thank you for coming on the show. I appreciate it. You were playing hurt today, but I appreciate it, Silas. Yeah, it's been real. It's been real. It's been, it's been a long day, a little bit under the weather. Doesn't that a good old? Uh, some foods and soup can't fix. Granny soup. Always granny soup, though. Hop in this bed and then we'll be good for tomorrow. Thank you for having me on the podcast, Daryl. No problem. And everybody, that's it for the 131st episode of Barbershop Sports Talk. Friday, we will have another Kobe Tribute podcast. So stay tuned for that. But everybody, thank you for tuning in to this episode, the 131st episode of Barbershop Sports Talk. <laughs>